for someone that ought to be their prayer. That ought to be an affirmation. That ought to be a confirmation. You've been going through something and you've asked God and been seeking God and you've heard the answer today that you are going to see the victory that the battle belongs to the Lord, that you will see the victory in Jesus. Good morning, First Church. What a joy it is to be in the presence of the Lord and certainly to those of you that are worshiping with us virtually, thank you for inviting us into your homes and allowing us to worship together in this time. We thank particularly and especially our pastor for this opportunity to share in the word. I ask that you would join me in a word of prayer. God, we're grateful for this day and as singers reminded us that we will see the victory. Battle belongs to you. And so God, whatever we are fighting even now in this moment that may be a distraction to us hearing from you, we bind now. We loose and let ourselves go to your word, your will, and your way. For I am simply ordained dust, but all that I am and all that I am not is available unto you. So use us for your service, preacher and people, people and preacher, so that the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts may be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. As we continue in this sermon series of moving forward in faith, we pick up the journey of Joshua after being defeated at I. Just to recap, for those who um, may have forgotten or missed last week, chapter 7 ended with a revelation that the defeat of the people was an internal issue that just come off the victory of uh, Jericho and then uh, they moved to I and I, they face a loss and the loss was because it was an internal problem and that was a mistake that was made. And if you are human and not a sociopath, then you acknowledge that you too make mistakes. We all make mistakes, big and small some more memorable than others. Nevertheless, we all have made mistakes. Young people thought the homework was due on one day and, and come to find out it's due tomorrow. You completed the project and, and finished page 63, knocked it out the box, knew that you were on point, and then you get or you're about to log in and something shows up and says you were supposed to do page 36. Made a mistake. Some mistakes are big, some mistakes are small. We all make mistakes. Uh, we make a wrong turn driving and end up completely lost. We, we miss an important appointment. We ignore the, the hurtful and the painful actions of a frenemy. And we trust them one more time, yet again, as they break our hearts. We all make mistakes. And if we're really honest with ourselves, we all make mistakes that, that there seems to have or be no way out. 
However, no, no matter how big the mistake we make, the worst mistake you can ever make is to not try again. The worst mistake at all, ever, is to not try again. There are some people who get stuck in their mistakes. They can't forget the pain of their past. Discouragement over the past and fear of the future are, are the two reactions that often accompany failure and mistake. And that, yes, you messed up. You missed the uh, appointment. Yes, you messed up. You missed the homework. So that means that you shouldn't try again. That means that you shouldn't try for that assignment again. No, if we, if we look back and remember the mistakes that we made, if we stay looking back, then we'll never get ahead biggest problem is some people just look at their mistakes and they get discouraged and when you are discouraged what what you are doing is you are you are doing the reverse of courage that is you are taking uh, uh, the strength and power out of being strong and and the reversal of courage is fear and the worst thing that you could do and is, is not try again. The worst thing is that you get stuck in your mistakes, that you allow your mistakes to define you, that, that all that you, that you believe, that all that you are is a mistake. You see, being stuck in our mistakes, all we're doing is looking behind. And anyone who drives knows that you can't drive with your eyes in the rearview mirror. You just look up every now and again. You look to the side to see what's behind you. But you can't drive. You can't go forward always looking back. See, being stuck stops us from looking ahead. Being stuck makes us wonder whether there's any future for someone who has failed so foolishly. I, I know I'm not the only one that's ever wondered this. I, I, I made a bad choice in the past and and and... You've joined me too. You, you've made some bad choices too. And, and, and you, like me, you knew it was a bad choice. You knew it was a bad choice. Your friends warned you, said that's a bad choice, but you did it anyway. And, and sometimes when that happens, you begin to wonder, am I really capable of making good choices? Am I capable of making good decisions because I seem to make bad choices? Well, don't get stuck there. And, um, because that's, what happened to the Israelites? So they, they, they got stuck in chapter 7. We, uh, uh, they got stuck because some people don't listen to God. The Israelites got stuck in their problems. And, and uh, the reason that they got stuck is because they jumped the gun of God. No, that sounds crazy, but listen for a moment. Let me slow this down. Uh, they got ahead of God. They, 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 they put... Uh, the cart before the horse. They thought they were more important than God. See, sometimes we go before God and expect God to bless our mess. There's a problem with running ahead of God. See, when we run ahead of God, when we get before God, we wind up robbing ourselves and hurting others. And how do we run ahead of God? How do we do that? First of all, uh, the prayer for running ahead of God sounds something like this. God, give me. God, I want. We tell God, we don't ask God. We tell God what to do. 
Then you say, God, uh, do this. And then we say, Jesus, come and fix it. Then we start quoting the Bible out of context. I'm I'm the head and not the tail. I, I, I have not because I ask not. Whoa, 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 whoa. The truth is, you ask less and you tell God more. That's why you don't have anything. Maybe, just maybe, if, if, we, if we asked a little more, if we told God a lot less, we wouldn't be in half the trouble we're in. See, what if our prayer, what if the conversation with God um, would, would shift and, and we would say to God, instead of um, telling God what I want, telling God what I think should happen, what if we ask God, God, what is it that you want of me and my life? God, what, what, what do you want of my life, of my gifts that you have given me? God, what is it that you want me to do? The question boils down, God, what is your will? But tragically, we, we, we get ahead of God. It's, it's, and, and, and folks that get ahead of God, it, it's like that, that bumper sticker. You ever see a bumper sticker on cars that says, um, um, God is my co-pilot? I have a problem with that. If God is your co-pilot, it makes a presumption of two things. One, that God is so tired that you as the co-pilot have taken over and you're driving because God is tired. Or you know better because you are the main pilot and God's the co-pilot. That means you know more than God. See, God shouldn't be your co-pilot. If anything, God ought to be the pilot. Your job, my job, our job, everyone's job is to be the co-pilot of our lives. To allow God to lead us and for us to follow where God is leading. And, and, and someone, you, 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 you still may not get this. This, this. this may, let me contextualize it one more time. Because for some reason you, this thing just messed with me. See, it's, it's like um, most of us at one point or another have used GPS. We all have. Um, whether it's installed in our cars or on our devices. And, and young folks, you've Googled places and you said, you know what, I know how to get there. Um, just drop it in uh, the location. I'll find it. It'll even teach me or give me directions on how to get there by public transportation or elsewise. And despite having clear directions before us, despite being very clear on which way to turn and, and which road to take. And despite Siri, Alexa, or Google telling us which train to take, every now and again, we ignore the prompt. And we make a turn according to our own way. We make a turn to what we think is best. We tell ways, I know which way to go. And what happens? We find ourselves in traffic. We find ourselves behind. If we would have listened to that little voice, you would have found out that that little voice was right. Had you listened to that little voice that prompted you uh, where you needed to go, you would be where you needed to be and you'd be there on time. Instead, you rob yourself. Instead, you drive outside of the way. Well, that's what happens when you get ahead of God. 
When you get ahead of God, you tell God which way to go and how to get there, then you wind up in places and spaces that you shouldn't be. You wind up in areas that you're not supposed to be in. But you will eventually get there because here's the truth of the matter. God's plan never fails. And God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. Now, you may make mistakes, but I want you to understand your mistakes is not going to stop the master's will from being fulfilled. We have to not try not to get ahead of God. And that's good news today because this chapter 8 starts right out with how not to get ahead of God. Verse 1 says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear or be dismayed. The Lord tells Joshua, Do not be afraid. When God says, fear not, don't be afraid, you ought to watch out. Something's about to happen. Something big is going to come. When God says, fear not, God basically is saying, hold on, I need you to hold on to your seat because I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to do something that you never expected. I'm about to do some things for you and yours that's going to mess you up in a miraculous way. Fear not. God says to Joshua, right after the loss, right after him seeing 36 of the men die, right after all of that, and they ran, they were afraid. God says to Joshua, do not fear. These were the same words that God had to tell Joshua in the opening chapters of this book. Don't be afraid. Be of good courage. I'm with you because Joshua had thought that that because Moses was such a great leader that he couldn't do it. And that's good news for young people. You you've seen some great leadership before you. You've seen some wonderful people in your lives before. But you need not be afraid. You need not fear because God has a great work for you, too. You are going to do some incredible things. So don't be afraid. These are the words that the angels tell Joseph, the shepherds and Mary before Jesus is birth. Don't be afraid. Jesus tells his disciples when he appears in the upper room, don't be afraid. Some young man, some young woman needs to hear that today. You are embarking on a grand journey and and there's something in your way and you may have made a mistake, but I stand to proclaim, remind, and to tell you do not be afraid. You may have made a mistake, but God's got your back. Get back up again. You may have messed up, but get back up again. The word for Joshua and the word for you is do not be afraid. See, no matter how, how badly you have failed, God can always use you. Stay close to this text because it's uh, our God is a God of new beginnings and a God of again and again and again. God says to Joshua, do not be afraid. Take all the fighting men with you. Go up to I. And he says, look, I have handed over to you the king of I, his people, his city and his land. So God says, not only don't be afraid, but he says to them, I've made a promise. God made a promise to his people who made a mess. God makes the promise to the people who make messes. Does that sound like anyone you know? That may even sound like you. Have you ever made a mess of things? Have you ever messed stuff up? Well, I stand to remind you that God has made a promise that that if you but 
Do not fear. If you get back up again, God's promises are sure and certain. God made a promise to the people who were afraid because they had made a mistake. Your mistakes don't cancel God's miracles. Your mistakes don't cancel out God's miracles. Get back up again. They were told to get up and take the land. But watch this. This time, God said, uh, not only am I not going to do it in such a miraculous way, but I'm going to depend on you. That messed me up for a minute. God, God is going to depend on me. God is depending on you. God is, is, is leaning on you. God is trusting you. God has equipped you in such a way because God says to Joshua, you're, you're going to take this city. You're going to take I, not by marching around and that the walls are going to come tumbling down in a miraculous way. But this time, I want you to use your military might. You've studied uh, uh, the rules of war, Joshua. You know how to deal with that. And, and, and I want you to go out and use the gifts, the talents that are within you. And, and see, they thought, that is the Israelites thought, that they were out of it. See, just because you lose a round doesn't mean you're going to lose the fight. You are more than a conqueror. Now, you can't win them all, but you will win the battle. See, Joshua's men were told to, to, to do a, a simple strategic move. Some of y'all going to go up the back. Some of y'all going to be up front. And then the rest of us are going to move into I. And then the people of I are going to look at us, and they're going to attack us, and they're going to be overconfident because they had just beaten us before. They're going to think that it's a sure deal. They're going to come and move in their confidence, and they're going to be so cocky. And that's exactly what they did. They left the confines of the city. They moved out. They started to attack Joshua, and Joshua and them started to play coy, and they moved back, and they started to uh, uh, retreat. And what they were doing was retreating to a place of power. Mm, I think I just said something. They were retreating to a place of power. Just because you lose a battle, just because it looks like you're moving back. I heard a preacher say, sometimes a setback is a setup for a good comeback. Sometimes you got to move back to allow uh, uh, the enemy to reveal himself. And so I and the king of I come out and then they come out and uh, Joshua and uh, the people move forward. But then they take them into a place in which they are surrounded. Hmm. They are now surrounded, and once they are surrounded, then they take siege from the rear, from the forward, from the sides, and Israel triumphs. And watch this, and the very thing that caused them problems before, God allows them to have. They had taken the spoils unnecessarily so, but this time, God said, you can have it all. They didn't get ahead of God. They were listening to God. And so in listening to God, God says, I'm going to give it all to you. I'm going to allow you to have the spoils of your enemy. That's good news. Get back up again, my brother. Don't count out the fight. You are still in it. See, the promise and the proclamation of God is that children, God's children, you ought to get back up again. Because even if it seems like defeat, God has a way of getting stuff up again. I know it to be true because there was a hill called Golgotha.
You know what happened on that hill. A man who looked like he had been defeated. A man who looked like he had been conquered. Who, a man who had made no mistakes but was taken for our mistakes. Uh, he was bruised for our transgressions. He was hung on a tree. He was pierced in his side for our poor choices. He died but he got back up again. That man is Jesus. If death couldn't hold him, then whatever mistakes you have made won't hold you. Get back up again, my brother. Get back up again, my sister. Yes, this pandemic has us looking differently, but, but you get back up again. You don't allow this to hold you down. You don't allow this to allow you to get stuck. There is some work for you to do. Young people, you're, you're in school now, and school looks much different from you, but, but get back up, even if you're not doing as great as you want to, you can do it again. You can get back up. Get back up. Start studying. You can learn different ways of studying. Stay in the fight. Don't give up. Don't you back down. Don't you give up. But even if you're knocked down, you've got to get back up again because God has a plan for your life. God has a promise for your life. God has a purpose for you. And, and, and your call is to get back up. Look, and I said it before and I'll say it and I'm done. You're not going to win every battle. You're not going to win every single fight. But the war is already won. We know how the story ends. We know how this ends. And so it's our job to just get back up. Even when it doesn't seem like it's worth it, get back up again. Amen.